Welcome to the Live Greater View, a financial planning podcast produced by VLP Financial Advisors that discusses life, money, and perspective. We help clients live their best life at every stage through our VLP Live Greater partnership process. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to this episode of the Live Greater View. Today, we are joined by Sarah Avila. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here. And Sarah, you are a CFP, a certified financial planner. So you do great work for clients in that capacity and helping them with all aspects of their financial planning. Um, but you also are unique in that you hold the CDFA designation, a certified divorce financial analyst. So we thought it would be great to have you on the program to talk about the work that you're doing with those clients and the niche that you've built out um, in regards to divorce planning. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to talk about the CDFA designation, especially because so many people don't even know that it exists or that there's this help available if they're going through a divorce. Sure. And, you know, one of the things that I think just to set the table for how unique that is, if we look from an industry perspective, um, there's roughly 300,000 financial advisors nationwide. And obviously, financial advisor, it's one of those phrases that it's so broad that could include you know, brokers, insurance professionals, um, firms like ours who are true financial planners, it's a really wide net. Then within that 300,000, there's only about 100,000 uh, certified financial planners or CFPs. So that's, you know, in our uh, opinion, the gold standard of that initial group of advisors. Um, and then if you look at CDFAs, there's only 3,000 approximately in the whole country. Okay. So that's a really unique <laughs> position to be in. It is. Yeah, it's a very specialized field. Um, it's also a growing field. But because of that, I consider it the best kept secret. A lot of people don't know that CDFAs are out there or even what they do. So and considering the fact that over 2 million people in Northern America get divorced each year, um, it's important to know, you know, what professionals you can have on your team. And if you do want a CDFA, um, that, you know, you know how to find a CDFA in your area and you know that they're out there. Right. And it seems like there's just a big, you know, mismatch. You know, unfortunately, it's part of the reality that we're in that a lot of people do decide to get divorced and part ways and need help. And then there's just that letdown that there's not a lot of professionals within the planning capacity that can uh, really help them to the, the extent that, that you're able to with that designation. So um, happy that we're going to dive more into the work that you're doing there. As always, just as our standard uh, disclosure when it comes to some of the topics that we'll discuss, we're not attorneys, we're not uh, tax professionals necessarily, we can't give legal advice. Um, so before we you know dive into some of the details, we just had to to get that out there. So why don't we start with, um, you know, what a CDFA does uh, on a day-to-day -day basis when they're helping clients within this niche of your business. And let's just kind of walk through the basics. Sure, yeah. So CDFAs, at the basic level, they help clients navigate through the finances of the divorce. So, and that can mean different things for different clients. So for some clients, it might mean helping them determine the short-term and long-term outlooks on a property settlement. Um, or it might mean helping them figure out how to divide their retirement accounts, value pensions, or divide their pensions. It could mean, you know, help knowing if they can afford the marital home, if they want to be able to afford the marital home. Um, or, you know, just help, you know, figure out in total, you know, what they may have to, um, you know, what they may end up with after the divorce and what that's going to look like for them if they can retire when they wanted to retire or, you know, other questions that may come up as they're kind of going through this. Divorce is full of uncertainty and that's one of the biggest reasons that 
people are, you know, can be really stressed as they're going through that process. So, you know, help with any of that that can make any of that a little bit clearer can really have a big impact on the clients and and how they feel and their stress level as they navigate through. Right. And, it, you know, obviously each situation is different. And, um, you know, with working with somebody who has your experiences of seeing and helping clients in different situations, obviously there's a lot of value um, that you can add there. And it's good to have that basic, you know, groundwork of, of where CDFA would fit in. And if we really look at where, you know, divorce, uh, that whole process starts, let's just talk about kind of the different setups. Um, when you and I were having a conversation earlier this week, I actually didn't know that there's four different really types of divorce, and then we can kind of build on that. Um, but let's just start from the, the basic ground level of, hey, you've decided uh, my spouse and I are going to part ways and really where we go from there. Yeah. So uh, generally when people decide that they want to get a divorce, they have four main ways that they can go about it. One is, you know, doing it by themselves. So I call this the kitchen table method. So they're just kind of hashing it out themselves. You know, a lot of times they don't have attorneys, but they're just trying to figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. This usually isn't recommended, but you know, if you're gonna go that route, you would want it to be only if you've been divorced or been married a short period of time, don't have kids, don't really have assets together. Mm -hmm. And it's just something very simple. Um, Mediation is another way to get divorced. And that's when you have a mediator that's sitting there with you that can help you, you know, figure out how to divide property, come up with a, a, a parenting schedule and just help you kind of figure things out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes even when you go through mediation, you still have attorneys. Uh, collaborative is another way. So collaborative is um, it's actually a, a growing way. Um, a lot of people don't know about collaborative. Mm-hmm. But collaborative is whenever you have a team of professionals, so you both have attorneys, and then you have a financial neutral, usually a mental health therapist, and maybe some other professionals on your team. And together, you generate options together, so you have a lot more support than you would in mediation, and you agree not to litigate. And then, of course, that final option is litigation. So, and that's a lot more adversarial, and is usually the most expensive method. Got it. And on a day-to-day basis, uh, which of those four do you find yourself working with uh, within, you know, with your CDFA designation? So, um, well, technically, all four. Usually, um, I have a lot of clients in mediation, but usually, it's one spouse that comes to me versus both. Um, I also do a lot of collaborative. I'm trained as a neutral. Mm -hmm. So with collaborative, all of your professionals have to be trained in the collaborative process. So um, so I am trained. So in that case, I'm working as a neutral with both spouses. But usually it's one spouse that comes up to me. They're either um, mediating or they're litigating, um, and they need help with the financial part of things. Got it. So they, you know, go through their situation with you. They're on one of those four tracks normally. And um, you know, obviously, everybody would need to start from a certain, uh, have a certain starting point. Can we just walk through, okay, you've uh, made the decision you're going to part ways, you're picking the track that you're going to go on, one of those four that you just talked about, then where do we go from there? Well, then usually you want to reach out and get your professionals. And I usually recommend hiring an attorney regardless mm-hmm. um, of any of the methods that you choose just because the attorney helps you with the legal aspect of things and that's invaluable. And the next would be to find a CDFA. There's so many things that, you know, um, that you don't know what you don't know. And a CDFA can often, um, 
actually help bring bring you to settlement quicker. Um, and there's a lot of things that a CDFA can do that might be an overlap with what your attorney could do, but your CDFA could do it usually at a lower hourly rate. So in total, even though adding that added professional to your team, um, it sounds like it would be more expensive. A lot of times it ends up being less expensive. I see. So even though it's an additional person, there's cost savings to, to be had there. There is. And there's just a lot of knowledge, the, you know, the financial knowledge, even just doing a budget, for example, a post-divorce budget to figure out, you know, what you're going to be able to afford. And that's not typically something an attorney would work with you, with you on, Mm -hmm. um, but something that might be really important to you. Got it. So once you have that team of professionals, then, you know, what sort of order of operations would you, would you proceed with? Yeah. So generally what you do is, um, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to kind of figure out in divorce. And usually the first thing is trying to figure out how you would divide assets. So, and debts for that matter. So, you know, you, you kind of figure out a tentative plan with that. And then if spousal support is something that's applicable in your case, you would then figure out spousal support. And then the last thing would be child support. And, you know, you need to figure out for example, spousal support before you figure out child support. In um, a lot of states, and especially in in Virginia, um, where we are, child support is determined by, there's certain guidelines that are set, so it's cut and dry, there's a formula that's used. But you need to figure out, because income is part of it, you need to figure out if spousal support is part of the equation, then that's income, less income from the payer, and that income is added to the recipient. So, you know, that all goes in the child support formula. I see. So there's boxes that you have to check, these being the first three, regardless of really your situation, the property, spousal support, child support. Generally, that's the way that it works best. Got it. Got it. So once you've um, really gone through those standard boxes, what are some of the other uh, common issues that your clients are, are worried about? Well, there's so many, and it does depend on the client. But, you know, their clients, when they're when they're going through a divorce, it's just a really stressful time. Some clients are worried about how they're going to be able to afford their just normal monthly expenses. They might be worried about where they're going to live, if they can afford to keep the marital home, or if they can't, you know, what's going to happen? Should they buy a new place? Should they rent? Um, you know, of course, you know, what's going to happen with the kids' schedule? That's another big fear. Or, you know, are, are they going to be able to retire, especially if they're close to retirement? Um, of the assets that they have, you know, how many assets are they going to, you know, end up keeping versus, you know, how much their spouse is going to end up keeping? These are all huge fears and big question marks as they start the process. Yep. And um, so you, you talked about assets and, and really just the fact of retirement planning in general. Obviously, going through something like this can really uh, turn your situation on its head. And when people think about those kind of big um, you know, landmark events that they have in their lives. Social security tends to be uh, one that we talk about and help clients with a lot. Can you just talk about social security as it relates to divorce planning? Absolutely. And, you know, you may have heard statistics about what they call the gray divorce, how it's growing. Um, it's the fastest, you know, subset of the population, um, fastest growing with as far as divorce numbers go. Mm-hmm. So you see more and more um, people that are in their 50s and 60s getting a divorce. And so social security tends to come up. Um, with Social Security, there are some, um, you know, different rules around getting divorces. If the marriage has lasted for 10 years or longer, and let's say that you don't have much of a working record or a benefit off of your own working record, you know, maybe you were uh, a spouse that stayed at home with the, you know, caretaking with the children, then as long as you were married for at least 10 years, you're eligible for a benefit off your spouse's record. 
And the benefit amount is equal to um, up to 50% if you file at your normal retirement age. Um, they would still get their full benefit amount, the spouse would, um, but you would get an amount equal to half. Got it. Got it. And um, let's talk about property. And we've seen, um, you know, this kind of concept of property tracing come up uh, for clients in this situation. So I thought it'd be good for us to spend a couple of minutes really just talking about property tracing and what it is and, and just your thoughts on important things to keep in mind with that. Yeah, so sometimes clients have, um, they, well, there's, so there's separate property and there's marital property. And, um, you know, and it varies per state how they, how they define that. But, you know, in Virginia, typically separate property is property that you owned before you got married, or it might be property that you inherited and kept in your separate name um, during the marriage. And sometimes assets are both, they're sort of hybrid. So they're both separate and marital. And a good example of that might be a 401k. Mm -hmm. So maybe you were contributing to your 401k and had a balance and then you got married. And then during the marriage, you continued to contribute, your employer contributed. And so the balance grew. So, but now that whole pot of money is hybrid. Some of it's separate property, some of it's marital property. And the marital property, you know, is up for division and divorce, but the separate property you would keep as your sole and separate property. So separate property tracing is when you look and you try to pull out what portion of that is separate property and, you know, what portion is marital. Um, In Virginia, the growth on separate property is still considered separate property. So even if it grew during the marriage, then, you know, that is often still considered separate property. So you have to pull out that growth um, in order to divide that separate property. Got it. And obviously, there's a lot of moving parts there between uh, real estate property, retirement accounts, non-retirement accounts, uh, different investments and growth and all those, those things. Where does that fall as it relates to the professionals that somebody would work with? Does an attorney step in and help with that? Is that on the client to do? Is that really where you would step in and help with that as a CDFA? So ideally, you'd want a CDFA um, to work with you on that. Um, separate property tracing. Um, sometimes it can be a bit time intensive, um, you know, and you know. In some cases, it's simple and, you know, clients are fine just, you know, kind of estimating what that growth might be. Um, Some attorneys may do that work for you, but again, at a higher hourly rate generally. Um, So, you know, with a CDFA that, you know, they specialize in finance, you know, they can really, you know, help you get more specific numbers and they can work with you to really kind of divide that and be accurate. Great. Well, thank you for walking through all that and just giving everybody really a basic, you know, uh, framework of, of what... Uh, just the the foundation of you know divorce planning really looks like and you know if we fast forward to where we are today in the fall of 2023 there's obviously been a lot of volatility in the market on the stock side um, you know stocks really have been churning since the middle of the year uh, on the bond side that's really been the headline story uh, bond rates have increased rapidly uh, the 10-year treasury is now hovering near five percent on the mortgage front you know we saw rates during covid some sub, you know, three percent mortgage rates. Now mortgages are near eight uh, percent. All of you know these dynamics have to have an impact on some of the calculations that go into divorce planning and some of the considerations when it comes to dividing property. So, I thought it would be good for us to just talk about how the current market has really changed a lot of the things that you work on. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I could talk about this particular issue for hours. So, you know, there's. A lot of ways that just you know things have changed over the past couple of years. Um, one, of course, is interest rates. So, 
generally whenever you get divorced, you know, if one person keeps the marital home, then a lot of times they have to refinance or they wish to refinance into their own name. But when you refinance, um, you're subject to whatever the current market interest rates are. Yeah. So it in some cases has made refinancing unaffordable. Right. Um, so more creative solutions need to be have as far as that con- that's concerned. Yep. And one spouse is obviously sitting there saying, hey, I don't want to walk away from a 3% mortgage to go pick up a mortgage at 8%. That's a tough conversation to, to have and tough situation to figure out. You got it. So more clients are coming up with creative ways to, you know, figure out what to do with the house. And sometimes that just means, you know, having that second person stay on the mortgage while one person stays in the marital home. Got it. So, and, but, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and what about pension calculations? We've, we've seen, you know, a lot of um, you know, headlines about unions and pensions, and a lot of that has been in the news, you know, recently. Let's talk about how that fits in. Yeah, um, and this is one that, um, that, you know, as far as divorcing clients go, that a lot of divorcing clients don't think about. But, you know, if one spouse has a pension, and let's say that pension is marital property, then um, you know they can usually either you know wait until that person retires and then receive part of that pension monthly, um, or in some cases clients like to find the present value of that pension and then trade off other assets to receive their portion of the pension as a lump sum. And whenever you determine the pension valuation, you there's a formula and you use something called a discount rate. And generally, you know we use a safe rate. Um, it's standard practice in the industry, and a lot of times it's the 20-year treasury rate. Well, that treasury rate has gone up a lot in the past two years. And when you have a higher discount rate, that basically makes your the present value of that pension lower. So, And you know, just a few percentage points can be hundreds of thousands of, of dollars lower. So if you're valuing your pension because you know, you want to trade off other assets and receive a lump sum. Now that is much lower than it would have been two years ago. Yeah, big, big change. And, um, you know, I know that you talked about, you know, the differences between pension and, and, you know, as it relates to that and mortgages. Can you just cover just the basic um, guidelines for how retirement versus non-retirement accounts are handled? Um, And, you know, the quadro or, uh, you know, that acronym has been thrown around a lot. Can you just talk about how that that works? Sure. So when you're dividing retirement accounts, if it's an employer-sponsored retirement account, like a 401k or a 403b, something called a qualified domestic relations order is needed in order to divide that retirement account to take it from one party's name and then transfer it to another party's name. Um, with an IRA, that's also a retirement account, but usually a quadro isn't needed. And then non-qualified accounts, those are just investment accounts. They're not retirement accounts. So, you know, usually the complications with those come with a cost basis that needs to be divided equally between the two. Got it. And, you know, over time when when we've uh, had discussions about really these different types of accounts as well as houses, we've always said, okay, each situation is different. You can't necessarily just divide things 50-50 because some of these implications, but at the same time, um, oftentimes it's really just comes down to judgment of particular situations. So can you just talk about that dynamic of how there really is no set rule book for how assets of different types are split? That's right. Yeah. So a lot of times people think, oh, okay, well, all of the marital property is just going to be divided 50-50. And although, at least from what I've seen, they do some, some of them come out similar to 50-50, but um, you know, in some cases, you know, one party has, uh, you know, 
a higher need for certain assets or different types of assets. Maybe it's liquid assets or maybe they want to keep the marital home or maybe they prefer more of the retirement assets. So, you know, it, it ideally it needs to be an equitable split, but that equitable doesn't always mean equal. Got it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really about, you know, working with your spouse and trying to figure out the best arrangement for the both of you. Great. And, um, you know, now that we've really seen a lot of these moving parts and really what goes into, uh, you know, divorce planning as a topic, let's talk about just the importance of working with other professionals and really having that team. I know that's something that you've been big on and that's helped a, a number of clients and just the fact that, like you said, it's a, it's a tough situation to go through, just really taking some of that burden off of them and having that team to fall back on. That's right. So, um, and that's another um, advantage of working with a CDFA is they're usually connected to, um, you know, other other professionals, whether it's um, lenders or you know, title agents, um, insurance agents, or um, you know, estate planning attorneys, CPAs, um, just other professionals that they can recommend to you um, that can help you with the process because usually, you know that. Either during the divorce or after the divorce, there's other professionals you have to reach out to to get things in order. So, like for example, if you have a trust, then you're going to need to change that once you get divorced. So you might need to reach out to an estate planning attorney, or you know, if your spouse was always the one that did the taxes and now you need to hire a CPA. You know, that's you know, you want to make sure that you get a good referral um, rather than just reaching out to somebody off the internet. Insurance is another one. Um, you know, oftentimes with divorce, life insurance is a topic of discussion uh, for various reasons. And so that might mean reaching out to um, a reputable insurance agent to be able to provide you with the insurance that you need. Right, and I've always thought um, that it's been a great thing and it's just awesome that you've built out such a unique network across this niche that you have within your business just because fit is such an important thing when it comes to these professionals mm -hmm. and you've you know worked with clients in different situations that you can tell hey this professional might fit the situation or they might not um, and that really goes a long way uh, towards helping that client oh absolutely and especially with attorneys because mm -hmm. um, that's such an important professional that you would hire during your divorce and so a CDFA generally has worked with a lot of attorneys in the area so you know if you go to the CDFA first and say do you have any attorneys that you could recommend for me uh, you know here's my situation you get to know them then they can recommend the attorneys that they think would be best for that that person's personality and for their situation got it Awesome. Well, thank you for walking through all that. So now I thought it would be good for us to go through really um, a handful of quick fire questions, the most common questions that you get from uh, clients or prospective clients, things that you think, uh, you know, may, you may be able to speak to to help, you know, people in this situation. So um, the first one that we, we have for you, um, really, can I afford the marital home? So let's talk about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's probably the number one question that I get. You know, a client comes to me and they say that, you know, maybe they want to keep the marital home. And so the first thing we start talking about is, you know, okay, well, how much is the home worth? How much do you owe on the home? Um, how long would you like to keep the home for? Because for some people, it's like, okay, well, you know, I just want to keep the marital home until my youngest graduates from high school. Um, and at that point, I'll be open to, you know, living somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we do is we kind of put all the pieces together. I also bring in um, a certified divorce lending specialist that can run numbers for them and, you know, figure out what a refi would look like if they decide to refi. Um, and we can go through some of the other options. 
But, you know, it, it, we just kind of lay it all out on the table and we figure out the, the best option for them. And sometimes that means, you know, even if they wanted to keep the marital home, sometimes it means that the better decision is that they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes it means just keeping the marital home for a short period of time, like I said, until, you know, their kids graduate from high school and then they can um, have other arrangements. But, you know, it's not just looking at the here and now, it's looking at the longer term. Got it. So, you know, step one, can you keep it or not? The second question that you get a lot, how do we value it? So obviously real estate market has changed a lot with rates changing, but that has so many trickle down effects to other parts of this equation for how you divide property. So how about the question of how do you value the marital home? Yeah. So, and this is one that um, sometimes clients get tripped up on, whereas other clients are like, okay, we know how much we both agree on this number. And that's totally fine. As long as you both agree on the number, I usually recommend hiring a professional home appraiser that can come out um, and give you, you know, their professional opinion. Um, But after you value the home, uh, usually what you have to do is, you know, you have to make some changes to that calculation. So, um, you know, if the reason for valuing the marital home is to figure out how much equity you have in the home, um, you have to take off how much closing costs would be if you were to sell that home because the value of that home is only what you would get for it if it's sold. Right. So you subtract out closing costs and then if there's any repairs that need to happen on the home before you would able to be able to put it on the market to sell, even if you're not planning to sell it, right. um, you would want to subtract out the value of you know the, the cost that it, you know to fix those um, necessary repairs. Right. To try to figure out what you'd actually get. That that it, makes sense. Exactly. And, um, you know, how about the third one? How do we divide pension or retirement accounts? We talked about that some, but we'll just cover that again. We did, yeah. So, and that's, you know, another common question that I get is how do we divide um, retirement accounts or pensions? And really part of that is, you know, okay, if there's separate property, we, we try and, you know, figure out what that separate property is. So we're just looking at the marital property. Um, and then a lot of clients will just, you know, divide the separate property, I'm sorry, divide the marital property 50-50. Um, but in cases where, you know, you're trading off one asset for another, um, you know, then we have to get a little bit more creative. Got it. And fourth question, how much child support can I expect to receive or should I expect to pay? Yeah. Um, so that's another question that I get from clients. And Child support is usually um, one of the last things that we have to figure out because there's so many other, there's bits of information that we need um, that go into the child support formula. We need to know, um, you know, the income of both parties, whether or not spousal support is going to be paid or received. We need to know um, which spouse is keeping the kids on their health care plan and the cost of having the kids on their health care plan, which is a formula in and of itself usually. Um, and then if the child needs daycare or some other type of care in order for the parents to have a full-time job, the cost of that care goes into the formula as well. Got it. And fifth question, uh, what will the budget look like after the divorce? Yeah, so I spend a lot of time with clients often on their post-divorce budget. Um, Some clients don't even know where to start, which is completely understandable. So what we'll do is we go through a budget template and I help them with, you know, the the line items on the template to try and come up with a reasonable budget for what life is going to look like post-divorce. And I really try to get them to think about, you know, obviously their living situation, you know, how much they'll spend on groceries and other categories. 
so they can figure out just a reasonable monthly budget kind of going into that and one of the ways that helps you know with determining their budget is you know if they are negotiating for spousal support and let's say they plan to be on the receiving end of spousal support we can take a look at that budget and see if there's going to be a shortfall in their cash flow and they they can use that to present to their spouse to say you know you know I've done the budget and it looks like I have a shortfall this is how much I'm requesting in support right and you know we've seen um, you know a lot of moving parts obviously here. So the last uh, question that we thought would be good to ask is after all the dust settles with the current settlement proposal, you know depending on the divorce, really what will your financial outlook you know look like? Exactly. And I usually encourage clients to come to me once they have a proposal settlement before they sign on the dotted line. Because what we want to do is we want to look at, you know, not just the short term effects, but we want to look at the long term outlook. So, you know, we have planning software, we, we can project out 10, 20 years to say, okay, well, you know, if this is the situation, and this is what you end up with, this is what life is going to look like 10, 20 years down the road. Great. Well, uh, well, thank you for walking us through um, all of that. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? I know that we covered a number of things. Um, not that I can think of offhand, um, but you know, of course, I'm always happy to um, schedule a, a free initial consultation with any client that's considering a divorce, or maybe you're in the middle of your divorce and never thought about a CDFA before, but you know, realize that it might be helpful in your case. Sure. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. Well, it's a great thing. Well. Thank you again for joining us, Sarah, and thank you to our listeners. Um, as always, we ask if you found any value from our podcast today, please feel free to forward this on to family and friends. And thank you again for listening. All right. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Live Great Review. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and recommend our podcast to family and friends. To learn more about VLP Financial Advisors, please check out our website at vlpfa.com. Thanks again. And now for our necessary disclosures. Securities and advisor services offered through Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker dealer and registered investment advisor. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will be successful. The views stated in this podcast are not necessarily the opinion of Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned. Due to the volatility with the markets mentioned, opinions are subject to change without notice. Information is based on sources believed to be reliable. However, their accuracy or completeness cannot be guaranteed. Past performance does not guarantee future results.